So um, today we'll be starting a new sermon series, as you already know. I've been sharing this for a while now, and hey, we're, it's, it's now. So we're going to start our sermon series today. And our title of this sermon series, Rediscovering New Life. Rediscovering New Life. And it's a, it's a series that would follow the book of Ephesians. And the book of Ephesians was a letter written by Paul. It was written by Paul in prison. Just a bit of a historical background, really, before we get into what we're going to talk about. So Ephesus was the capital of the Roman province of Asia, Asia Minor, which is modern Turkey. Some scholars believe that this church was likely started by Priscilla and Aquila, the gifted couple who, said, who were said to have expounded the word of God to Apollos, the great evangelist of those times. When you read 1 Corinthians, even Paul writes about Apollos because there was a, a division in the church. They had some people who said that they were for Apollos, others who said that they were for Paul. So this was something that, you know, he was a, a man who was well-known, a great evangelist of those times. Anyway, in Acts 19, we find out that Paul spent about three years pastoring the church in Ephesus, where it was said that through his ministry in the hall of Tyrannus, all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So the church of Ephesus was this church that Paul really carried them in, their, in his heart because they were dear to him. It was a place that he had ministered and the Lord has done great works. When you read Acts 19, it talks about in Ephesus was where um, he, the Lord was doing great miracles through Paul as well. That people would bring handkerchiefs that when they touch him with it and they use it to touch other people, their illness would go out of them. So it was an amazing ministry um, for Paul during that time in Ephesus. But Paul wrote this letter to the people in Ephesians, really, just to encourage them and remind them about his teachings, but also to address some of the issues that the church were facing or the people were facing in the church. So in this book, we have teachings on the believer's identity in Christ. We'll look at that. Salvation by grace through faith. The revelation of the mystery of the gospel, which essentially means the revelation that the gospel is not only for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. We look at the importance of unity in the church. We'll look at advice on Christian marriages. And it was great. Congratulations to Ray and Jenny yesterday, 50 years of of marriage. We, there's a lot that we can learn from you too. So um, advice on Christian marriages and the famous teachings on spiritual warfare, which is the armor of God. All of this is from the book of Ephesians. So there's a lot in this book. And as we study it, we're going to look at this book through the whole year and also into the early part of next year. So there are lots of themes to learn from this book. Anyway, today I've titled our message today, Blessed in Christ. Blessed in Christ. I know that you are home now, but if you can say it as you sit there, just say blessed in Christ. You are blessed in Christ. Okay. And as um, Linda read this book, um, sorry, as Linda read this passage um, for us, it's from Ephesians 1, 1 to 6. Ephesians 1, 1 to 6. I'm just going to read it again. Okay. So this is the ESV. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing 
in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. So a bit of an introduction here. There's so much in this few verses that, you know, I just want to just focus on verse 3 and verse 4. And then we'll focus on verse 5 and verse 6 next week. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We'll focus on verse 3 and 4 uh, this week and focus on verse 5 and 6 next week. But the part we're going to be focusing on is where it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So before we get into anything at all, I think it would be good to understand what the word blessed means. What does it mean to be blessed? When someone says that I am blessed, what, what comes to your mind? Or when you say that God bless you, <laughs> what comes to your mind? What is your understanding of being blessed? What does it mean? I think for a lot of people, being blessed conveys the notion of having something of a material possession or perhaps something good, such as good health or a good job that leads to happiness. And they say of these things that they have, which makes them feel happy that they are blessed. That is often the notion that people have. This understanding is not wrong, by the way. But what it does is that it is somewhat limited to what being blessed really means. It is somewhat limited to what being blessed really means. Now, let's look at the definition of being blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to be blessed? When we look at the definition, there are a few things that comes up in terms of being blessed. One, it means this. A favor or a gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. A favor or a gift bestowed by God, thereby bringing happiness. And this is what most people think of when they say, I am blessed. That they have received this favor or gift bestowed by God that brings them happiness. But I think that it is important to note that on one hand, this favor or gift is not only limited to believers. Because there are many people who are gifted with great ability and wealth out there who will not attribute it to God. They will not attribute it to God. There are atheists out there who hate God with a passion, who are doing well by worldly standards. Some people will look at them and think, wow, I mean, you're doing really well by worldly standards. There are nations that are against the Christian message, but are considered a prosperous nation. So therefore... To just focus on material wealth or favor or good things as the idea of a good Christian's blessing is to have a narrow view of what being blessed means. Why? Because God blesses all. It's called common grace. There's a common grace. That was when Jesus said this, that God, who is the father of all, he causes his son to shine on the evil person as well as on the good person. He causes his rain to fall on the unjust person's field as well as the just person's field. He's a God who blesses all. He's a God who gives great ability even to people who do not recognize him 
as God. He's a God who, in nations that don't even want anything to do with him, he blesses people, even there, even though they don't recognize him as perhaps their God. It's called common grace. James says this, he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So ultimately, every blessing, which is also a gift, comes from God. However, on the other hand, I believe that there's a special favor and blessing that believers have with God through Christ. There are some testimonies that I believe are unique to believers. Testimonies that I believe that, you know, God makes it so clear that because you are his child, he goes out of his way to bless you. He goes out of his way to favor you. So although we have this, um, on one hand, this common grace that we all share, I believe that there's also this special blessing that God gives to his own people, to his children, people who um, identify with Christ Jesus. So there's that aspect of what being blessed means, and God blesses his children. Point two, what does being blessed mean? It is said that when Jesus used the word blessed in the Sermon on the Mount, the famous Sermon on the Mount, he used the Greek word makarios, makarios. I'm not expecting Greek. I read this up and I thought, this is interesting, so let me share this with you all. Makarios, which means to be happy or blissful or joyful, but it also means a self-contained happiness. Makarios means a self-contained happiness. So what does this mean? Being a self-contained happiness means that this happiness or joy is not shaped by external things like money or wealth. In fact, Jesus used the word blessed for the people who were persecuted or mistreated in his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are the meek. He said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Blessed are those who are, you know, are mistreated. Because for my own sake, those people, he said, they were blessed. So in that context, blessed means that there's, it's a different notion when we think about it compared to the usual notion as well of what blessed is. There's this other dimension of being blessed that we need to be open to. I'll share a quick example with you. I remember, I think in 2009, or 2010, I went to Ghana, and before I, I went, I shipped some clothes to, um, to go and distribute to people who were in need. And when I shipped there and I went to Ghana, you know, in London and everything, and myself and my dad, we went around just giving it to people who we thought needed it. And I remember going to this, this lady who lived next to the church I used to attend in Ghana. And basically, she doesn't even live in a house, it's just like this structure that she was living in made of aluminium roof sheets and some wood it was just it was and it's so small she had children as well and that was where she was living and basically what what happened was that when we got there we saw the state in which she was in but guess what happened even before she even knew that we were coming to give her the clothes she was so happy even before she even knew that we we're coming she had this self-contained happiness within her something that i couldn't explain in church from someone who was living in the uk <laughs> going there 
and seeing the way that she was living, for a lot of people, you wouldn't actually say that she was blessed. She wasn't someone who you would recognize as being blessed because of the condition in which she was living in. However, when you look at the way that she had this self-contained happiness or joy within her, this lady carried something that a lot of people, even in the developed nation, with all the food, with all the wealth and everything, some of us don't even have. She had this self-contained joy. She had this self-contained blessing, Macarius, in her. And church, we need more of this kind of blessing in our lives. The blessing of the Lord that gives us this shalom or wholeness, peace and happiness in spite of the storms of life. It is an understanding this blessedness that Paul, who was in chains, who was in prison, who was in a, who was in, in a dungeon, said this to the church. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, including himself in it. Paul, who wrote this letter in prison, include, included himself in the fact that he, he, he felt blessed. He felt blessed. So it is an understanding this kind of being blessed that leads to perseverance through the storms of life. It is an understanding this kind of being blessed that does not just abandon the faith, but sees God's goodness in even the storms. It is the understanding of this kind of being blessed. I was reading a book um, by Tim Keller, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. And this was what happened. You know, you read every chapter and at the end of a chapter, he shares a testimony, a testimony that um, someone shared with him. And I mean, some of the testimonies are quite grim, really, when you, when you read it. Some of the things that people have been through, some traumatic experiences. But one underlining truth in it was that all of them talked about a more intimate closeness or knowing God's presence and peace, even in the midst of a storm. And church, by the, by the definition of this kind of being blessed, this self-containedness of being blessed, those people were blessed as they were going through that journey. They were blessed as they were going through that journey. And we need this kind of being blessed or a better understanding of this kind of being blessed as a church. Thirdly, what is being blessed? Blessed could mean made holy. Blessed could also mean made holy or to be consecrated. That is what it could mean. Made holy or to be consecrated. To bless something for perhaps a sacrifice is to make it holy. When you read the Old Testament, when people brought a sacrifice in, um, to the Lord in the temple, that sacrifice was blessed. And once it was blessed, it was not used for any secular purpose. It was not used for any other thing outside of the temple. It was only used for temple use because it was blessed. And once it was blessed, it was made holy. It was separated and used for the purposes of worship. And a lot of us don't think about being blessed that way. But the reality is this. Being blessed in this sense means that we believers are chosen. Just like how the bull or the lamb or whatever offering was used in the temple was chosen out of, for example, the head that was used for sacrifice. It was chosen out of the majority. And that was just what was used for the temple use. We have been blessed, meaning we have been chosen in Christ and set apart for the purposes of God and for worship. 
We don't think about blessed that way. <laughs> but actually, when you read verse 3 and verse 4, you would get the notion, you would understand that Paul was talking about being blessed as well within that context. He was talking about, he used the words such as chosen before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless. Blessed. Blessed for the purposes of God. That is what being blessed also means. So, now that we've laid the foundation, some examples of, uh, of um, or definition of what being blessed is, okay? Now, why are we blessed then? <laughs> why are we blessed? If we have been blessed, why are we blessed then? There are lots of reasons why God blesses his people. But I'm just going to list four for you this morning. So please make a note of this. I believe that, you know, it would encourage you as a reminder, really, of how, you know, God loves us and how we are blessed in Christ. Why are we blessed? Point one, we're blessed because we are loved. <laughs> we are blessed because we are loved. Believe it or not, we are blessed by God. We are blessed by God. The passage says that in love, he predestined us for adoption. We'll talk about adoption next week. But it says in love, he predestined us. He loved us, so he predestined us. In other words, he, in love, he chose us to be in Christ. In love, he chose us to be in Christ. We believe that um, salvation is a gift of God's grace. But why did he save us? Why did he save us? It was because he loves us. That was why he saved us. He loves us. And he blesses those who are in Christ Jesus to spend eternity with him. He loves us and therefore he chose us. He blessed us in Christ to choose us to spend eternity with him. We are blessed because we are loved. So on one hand, the blessing talks about an eternal bliss. That was why Paul said this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In the heavenly places. So this blessing has an eternal end to it, whereby it doesn't matter what the believer goes through here on earth. They have got this assured great blessing in heaven prepared for them, which is to spend eternity with God in a place where everything is as it should be. <laughs> in a place where there is no sorrow. In a place where there is no pain. In a place where everything you desire is there as it should be and more than what you could have imagined. Why? Because you are in God's presence and in his presence there's fullness of joy. A place where there's no lacking of joy. A place where there's no lacking of peace. A place where there's no lacking of anything. All that makes us whole, the shalomness, the wholesomeness of peace is ours in that presence. That is what we are blessed for. We are blessed because we are loved. And it is in heaven that we have that, in heavenly places. So that's on one hand, in heavenly places. On the other hand, every blessing comes from God anyway. And God is in heaven. Every blessing has a spiritual source to it anyway. Therefore, being blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing shouldn't mean only that it is talking about spiritual gifts or things that are immaterial or things that are just spiritual in nature. Every blessing that we have is given from God who is spirit. 
and it comes from the spirit, but then works its way and materializes in the physical. So when we think about being blessed with every spiritual blessing, our mind should not only think about, oh, it's talking about heaven or it's talking about just the spiritual gifts. No, it could also be talking about the fact that God is spirit and he is in heaven and every blessing comes from that source. It comes from heaven and materializes itself in the physical. I'll just share a quick example with you about how the Lord blesses his people. And I believe that this would encourage someone today that God is still blessed in his church. So a few years ago, I remember when Odilia and I we were looking to buy a house. And to be honest with you, we had been saving and we just did not know how we could get on the housing ladder. As a young couple, you know, we had Jeremiah who was born then. And we just started putting money aside just to buy a house. And as we were doing that, we heard about this help to buy option. And we thought maybe we can get on the housing ladder through it. And we went um, to one of the, the, the developers, really. And as we got there, Odilia had a her eye on this other house. But the day we got there, it happened that the house that we currently live in was um, the house of the week. And when it's the house of the week, they're doing an offer on the house. And we just don't know what happened because it seemed like the house had already been, you know, the, the kitchen was already done. Most things had already been put in. So it seemed like someone had pulled out of the house. Well, they were doing a deal on the house. And basically, all we had all we had saved up, yeah? Even right down to the time of the completion date, basically what was needed by the end of the time of the agreement was all we had. And exactly what we had was what we gave them. We did not have any more. And guess what happened? Everything else, every additional um, cost, such as the carpeting, such as the turf, such as everything, they threw it in for us. They did it all for us. God knows our needs. He provided for us. Isn't he good? Isn't he a loving God? Isn't he a God who blesses? Count your blessings and name them one by one. And you would know what the Lord has done for you. He's a loving and an amazing God. And I want to remind you of God's goodness today. He blesses us because he loves us. Amen? Amen. Next point is this. Why does he bless us? We are blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> we are blessed to be a blessing. There's a purpose behind our blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. One of the qualities of a, of a Christian is that we are stewards of God. A steward was a slave or a hired worker who was in charge of his master's estate. That was a steward. Basically, this slave um, or, or this hired worker was in charge of making sure that in terms of buying the products that was needed for the house, in terms of feeding um, the, the workers in the house, in terms of maintaining the house, the, his master's um, estate, everything in terms of running of the house was in his charge. This steward must be trustworthy. This steward must be diligent. This steward must be one who knows how to use resources well to make sure that the master is always in a place of content always in a joyful place. And when we read the Bible, Joseph was an example of a steward, although that was not what he was called. But in Potiphar's house, Joseph was an example of, of a steward. And the Bible says that when Joseph was in Potiphar's house, God blessed Potiphar greatly. Why? Because of his competence. And Paul says this of us Christians and also of himself. When he wrote to the Corinthian church, he said this, that we should be regarded as servants 
and stewards. We Christians should be regarded as servants and stewards. Therefore, as a steward of, of that which we have been blessed with, be it finances, a good job, talents, skills, and abilities, as well as even the gospel, we are required to make good use of it in advancing the work of the kingdom. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. When I talk about this, I mean, think about your life. The amounts that you've been blessed with in your workplace, how much you receive or in your business. Who else, apart from perhaps the church or your immediate family, who else is supported by that which the Lord has given to you? Who else is blessed by it? The gifts that you've been given. Some people, they just use their gifts for a secular job. But the gifts and ability that you've been given, who else are you using it to serve? Who else are you using it to bless? Or is this something that is just used to make money? Is that all it is? You only work or you only use it as a way of receiving pay. We are stewards. We are stewards. And I'm really grateful that Gary shared this morning about Odelia Seven. You know, in the church, at the live church, as we are looking to rebuild, as we are rebuilding, taking a step by step, because the Lord has spoken. You know, are you someone, we need people in the worship team. We need people in the worship team. Are you someone who has got a gift, who could sing, who could play an instrument? You know, are you sitting on that gift? Can you use it to serve the church? Because you are a steward. You've been blessed with that in order to be a blessing. In order to be a blessing. In the children's ministry, we need people, you know, who can take care of the children, who can protect the children, but also teach them as well. Are you someone with that gift? What has the Lord blessed you with? Can you serve? Why? Because we've been blessed to be a blessing. We are stewards of that which has been entrusted to us. And sometimes this is not only in relation to the church. It's not only in relation to the church, but actually in the world out there. We're supposed to shine our lights. We're supposed to be a we're supposed to be a blessing to others. Are you being a blessing to other people? When someone thinks of you, when your neighbor thinks of you, do they think, oh man, that neighbor is just a headache? <laughs> or do they think of you as someone who brings a blessing to them? We are blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be people who carry light, people who shine our lights in the community, wherever we go. The kingdom of God is there. Blessed to be a blessing. That's the purpose of being blessed as well. C.H. Spurgeon said this, and I like this quote. He said this. He said, God has a way of giving by the cat loads to those who give away by the shovel, uh, shovel folks. So cat loads, God will bless you in cat loads, but then you can, those who are just willing to give just by the shovel folks, the Lord will give you cat loads. Joel Austin, I know that people have different views of him. I don't particularly follow him, but this is a quote that I believe would, would encourage you. There's a truth in this. He says this, when you focus on being a blessing, God makes sure that you are also, God makes sure that you are always blessed in abundance. When you focus on being a blessing, when your life is focused on being a blessing, channeling the blessing of God and using it to bless others, God makes sure that you are always blessed in abundance. And there's a truth to that. Who are you blessing? 
Who are you serving today? Be good stewards of that which the Lord has given to you. We are blessed to be a blessing. Thirdly, we're blessed to worship. We are blessed to worship. Paul said this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. So check, so church, the purpose of being chosen and blessed is for us to be holy. In other words, to be set apart, to be separated for the purposes of God, which is worship. That is part of the reason why we're blessed, to be chosen, to be set apart for the purposes of God, which is to worship. And church, the essence of worship is to love God back, even as he has loved us. Worship is not only about, you know, we often use it in the context of coming to sing a song. No, we sing a song because we love the Lord. It's great hearing people just thanking God and worshiping him and just showing their appreciation. It is the out of the outflow of our love for him we worship. That is what worship is. When we love him back and we have been blessed in order to worship. We have been blessed in order to, to be called into a relationship with him. We have been adopted. I'm going to talk about adoption next week. We have been adopted into God's family and we've been adopted into a relationship with him. And that relationship is a relationship of love. And as we love him, we worship him. That's the reason why you can worship God in all that you do. In everything you do, you worship him. Because if you're doing it out of love for him, it is worship. And that is where it is. We've been blessed to be set apart in order to worship him. Tim Keller said this about worshiping God when we are, be, uh, when we are blessed. And I really like this quote. And it, it helps us understand, you know, the importance of how blessed or the correlation between blessed and worship. He says this. He says, have you heard God's blessing in your inmost being? Are the words, you are my beloved child in whom I delight, an endless source of joy and strength? Have you sensed through the Holy Spirit, God speaking to you? He says, that blessing, the blessing through the Spirit that is yours through Christ, is what Jacob received, and it is the only remedy against idolatry. This was what the blessing that Jacob received, and he says it is the only remedy against idolatry. That is false worship or the worship of idols. He goes on and he says, only that blessing makes idols unnecessary. What does he mean here? Only that blessing makes idols unnecessary. In other words, when you have been blessed by God to experience something of his spirit, to hear his voice, to know his love as a father, you should find no need for idols. When you have been blessed, when you have been called into a relationship with him, when you have experienced something of his goodness, his love, there's no need for idols. When you've experienced him as a father, who cares, who loves you as a child, there's no need for idols. What do you need an idol for? When you have everything in God. And being blessed is what brings us to the place of genuine worship. We've been blessed to worship. 
And finally, I'm just wrapping it up here. I'm bringing it to an end here. Finally, we've been blessed for salvation. We've been blessed for salvation. Church, Paul says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But how have we received this blessing? We have received this blessing, and the key is in Christ. That's the key. In Christ, we have received this blessing. And what does this mean? We have received this blessing because what Jesus did on the cross for us, it was because of what he did on the cross for us. His atoning death paid for our sins because he was spotless and without sin. He was the one and only sacrifice that could suffice to appease God's wrath. When we read Hebrews 10, 12, this is what the author says. He says, but when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. So when he sacrificed himself, a single one-time offering for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. It was done. Again, when you read the book of Ephesians, this is what Ephesians says later on. We'll come to this um, in a few weeks' time. He says this, And God raised us, we believers, up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So he says he offered himself as a sacrifice and he sat at the right hand of God. But now Paul is saying we are seated in him as well. What does this mean? Therefore, when Christ paid the price, he ascended and is seated at the right hand. And we who are in Christ are now seated with him. So not only have we been forgiven by his atoning death, we have now been saved and blessed to reign with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. We have been saved. And not only are we saved, but we are seated with him in heavenly places to reign with him. This is good news. This is good news. This is the good news of how blessed we are in Christ. And today, the Lord is ready to bless whoever would hear this message, turn from their sins and repent, and believe in the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ for them. If that is you, if you would turn, if you would put your confidence in the Lord Jesus, then you can also receive this blessing as well. The blessing of salvation. The blessing of eternal life. Being blessed to worship. Being blessed to be a blessing. Being blessed because you are loved by God. And many more. But today, I just want to just share these four with you. We are blessed for salvation. We are blessed to worship. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed because we are loved. God bless you today. Remember that you are blessed in the Lord. Let's just spend some time reflecting on this message now. I know that time is far gone, but let's just think about God's goodness now, his love for us and his grace for us. So bow your head now and let's just pray. Let's thank God for his love and his goodness towards us. Reflect on his goodness. Think about his goodness. Think about his love. Count your blessings. Even right now, count it. How much he loves you. The many blessings that you have. It would make your troubles. It would make that which you think is just so, you know, imposing on you. It would make it insignificant when you look at how blessed 
you really are. Spend a moment reflecting on God's goodness now. Shall we pray? Father, I come before you right now. And Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that your word comes with power. Your word comes with great conviction. Your word comes to encourage and to build up. Your word comes to remind us of your truth. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will stir the hearts of your people today. I pray that you would draw your people to a, a better understanding of how blessed, how truly blessed we are in Christ Jesus. Blessed in this life, blessed in the life to come. Thank you, Lord, that we have this security in you, Lord Jesus. I pray for those who are perhaps struggling, Lord, in their walk with you. Lord, those who are facing challenges in their life. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that in that, that they would experience this other dimension of being blessed. Being blessed that helps them to persevere in the midst of the storm. Being blessed that helps them know more of your presence, even in the midst of the storm. But more so, Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you would bring them out of whatever challenges they are facing, that they may know, fully know of your goodness and your grace. Would you bless your people today? We pray. And Lord, for all those who would listen to this message, those who do not know you, I pray, Lord God Almighty, would you draw them to the loving and saving grace of Jesus Christ, that they may know the true blessedness in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.